this is Lewis Johnson taking my love of sports into the world of esports with my co-host Kyle Airy, and we're breaking down what's happening in the esports industry. We're talking with great guests, influencers, and most importantly, we want to talk to you. So welcome to All In with Esports. Hey everybody, hey, welcome back to another edition of All In with Esports. Lewis Johnson, excited to have another guest. Another story about uh, someone who has been in the business for a while and is, loves what they're doing. And of course, if it's about esports, it matters to us. That's our slogan. If it matters to esports, it matters to us. And that is for sure. So for all of you out there who are uh, passionate about gaming, whether you're playing at home or you're going to tournaments, there's somebody behind the scenes making some things happen, if, if it's, especially if it's an organized tournament. And we're going to talk to a guy today who is, does that. And also someone who actually does what I do. We have some similar career aspirations and and actually doing some things in the industry. So in, in my world of television, if you are uh, announcing events, you're called a broadcaster, right? And in the world of esports, if you're calling an event, you're called a caster. That was one of my early lessons in what you call folks who do what we do. So uh, it is really cool to have on the creator and co-host of the High Noon podcast, a uh, man who is also the sales manager at Wisdom Gaming. It's John Blevins. Hey, John, how are you? I'm doing well, Lewis, and thank you for that illustrious <laughs> intro. <laughs> Usually man, I'm the a... one giving those out, so uh, <laughs> it's always it does, nice to hear my own. <laughs> yeah, it does feel weird when it's on the other foot, right? It does. It does a little bit, but uh, yeah. I appreciate it. Happy to be yeah. here. Yeah, you earned it, man, for sure. And I always believe you give people their due, that's for sure. John, you're in Buffalo, New York, right? I am, Yes. All right. I got to ask you a weather question, man. I'm in Dallas where <laughs> we've hit this skid. I think we've been in the 30s the last few days here in okay. early December. That's the low, not the high. And right. we're up into the 50s and <laughs> we're going to go back up in the 60s. What are you dealing with up there? Oh, I, we are more miles and miles and miles away from the 60s ever coming back. We're, I think, I think maybe we're, we're like 30s and 40s right now as the high for right. us. And it's, it's Ooh. only going lower from there. Oh, man. I guess you must love it because you spent most of your life up there, right? In Buffalo, New York, went to school there and something about folks who love that weather in the mid in the Midwest or in the <laughs> in the East. I went to school in Cincinnati and I, okay. whenever I go back, John, to visit family, what have mm -hmm. you, and it's in the wintertime, I go, how in the blank? <laughs> Did I ever? How in the? <laughs> <laughs> right, <exactly. laughs> Did I ever live here? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, it, it it it's a give and take. I pre-COVID, whenever there's obviously a lot of industry stuff in California, so yeah, there's it's always like, why don't I just live here? A, it's it's way 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 more expensive to live there, and also yeah. it's something about the the architecture is really great in around here, and I I really like that, and just the aesthetic aesthetic of it mm -hmm. is really nice, and also there's actual like green outside <laughs> like <laughs> we are green parts, here too yeah yeah it, it depends on where you're at for sure but it's just a, it's something different sometimes yeah. i see like uh some folks that are like living in the desert and it's i i i'm sure a lot of people like that and have grown up in it but it's it's not for me yeah they have green too it's just that faux green it's yeah. that putting 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 green perfect grass you know, right yes uh, it's been laid green. down right exactly <laughs> speaking of architecture i wish people could see it but you have this cool mantle behind you you were telling me when we spoke before that you're in like a was it a hundred year old house is that right yeah it's probably more than that honestly i don't know the specific history of the house but it is definitely an old house and i live in an area of buffalo that is it's it's it the 
the preservation society around here is very, very active and they fight a lot of good fights to keep stuff here. That should be, you can, it, it's it, one street over about a block over has these huge old elegant mansions. They used to be just single sort of family mansions, gigantic mansions that are mm-hmm. now businesses and they, they look amazing. And then you'll see, this disgusting like 1970s teal apartment building that was put up and it's <laughs> oh they couldn't save that but there's there's literally a Frank Lloyd Wright original house uh, that's a, a block away from me it's 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 a privately owned one and like it's 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 beautiful but yeah this this house is it's it's old and I've got yeah you you can't see it so it's not maybe maybe not the best radio or podcast but I've got an old old uh, fireplace that has a bunch of different gaming and pop culture esports trinkets and yeah and findings along the way yeah and it's unfortunate because as we do this I'm looking at it and you can see me and I can see you but you've yeah. got these uh, this selection of of cool toys behind you can you just <laughs> sort of like paint a quick picture of, as to what you've got back there because some of that stuff looks like it was like gaming relics what what is it it, cool is a strong word for surety. <laughs> yeah, no, I've got I've got a a lot of different stuff from different conventions I've gone to. I've got some old I don't know if you can see them. I've got stuff from like when I was growing up as a kid. There's some Star Wars stuff there. Yep. There's some stuff that like there's some like they did these like those Funko Pops, but for Twitch streamers, I got a couple of those. There's some like old like wrestling. So, oh yeah, there's Hulk Hogan is back there somewhere. Mm-hmm. The Undertaker. But yeah, it's just a, it's just a bunch of stuff that my parents are going to throw out. A lot of it was, and I'm like, I can put these on the mantle and have a cool cool memento as well as all the stuff I've accrued from going to different conventions and whatnot over the years. It's exactly. Just, as you, as we speak, a point point to one because I'm going to pop a picture right now. Then I'm going to tweet this picture out. Just point like <laughs> towards something. That, what's your favorite back there behind you? Oh oh, I don't know. There's the there's the the, the Reinhardt hammer right there. We'll go with that. <laughs> got it. Got it. I got the picture and I'm going to pop that out and show everybody what you love there. That's that's so cool. You just had a milestone birthday, right? What, 30? The big 3-0? I did. I, I sure did. I'm Happy now... I'm now the oldest person at every esports event, <laughs> according <laughs> according to all the kids that are there. <laughs> oh wow! That must mean I'm not there. So but you can have that one. <laughs> That's great stuff. You've been. You also had crossed over into a pretty cool spot here. You've just celebrated your fifth anniversary for the podcast, and I believe that's you and Jim Reed. Is that right? Yes, uh, tell me that about is. that celebration. You and. Death blow. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a big one. We started High Noon Podcast five years ago as just a a thing that we wanted to do because Overwatch looked cool. The game wasn't even out yet, mm-hmm. and we didn't really know what we were going to do with it. We picked a direction and going specifically into the competitive side and the the tournament side of it, and it really grew as Overwatch grew. We were we started before the game came out, and then we're covering all the tournaments that were happening early beta and whatnot. And then as the game released and then Overwatch League came out and that really exploded the podcast from there. And yeah, it's just been, uh, it's been a a really crazy time following just the game itself, the people and and players that are in it and and just being a part of that community has been, has been fantastic. And five years is, it's crazy to think that our podcast would be going to kindergarten this year. That's a weird thing to think. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great way to look at it. Usher it in. Go to the rep, go to the cafeteria and have right. your, your uh, cry moment that you had yep. to take your baby to the to, to class and go home and go back and pick him up. That's pretty yep. cool. 
When you're in front of the mic, how often are you there discussing what's happening within the league? And then how often are you there actually calling live events? It's a little bit distinct. So High Noon Podcast is specifically for Overwatch that we're doing about about one or two hours a week. We're doing a show there talking about the event. I, I don't cast Overwatch. I cast a different game called Legends of Runeterra. That is something that I'm casting ooh, between four and five hours a week, just on a, a weekly Friday broadcast. Gotcha. That sounds like it must be fun. And with respect to us being in this COVID situation, which has seems to be remained the underlying sort of undercurrent storyline of what's going on with everybody, in, not just in America, but across the globe, what has been the reaction of some of your fans who are who are obviously stuck at home or can't get out and do things as much as they were? How much do you think they're relying on what you guys are doing and maybe interacting more with uh, what you guys are doing with Overwatch and, and in your podcast, what have you? Yeah, uh, across the many of the communities that I'm a part of and the different podcasts that I'm doing, there's there's definitely been a, a noticeable bump in terms of fan engagement and interaction. People are clamoring for something that's not, not even something to do because there is a lot of stuff to do, especially when you're already bought into the sort of gaming and gaming and esports ecosystem. Like I can I can play games for hundreds and hundreds of hours. People who grew up like me in that and, and younger have no problem doing that. It's that next step. It's that that social connection. That is something that you can't get in a game, at least not directly from the game, and at least not yet. It, it yeah. starts to border into creepy if you can. Maybe 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 that's me being thirty now. Maybe I'm maybe I'm the old man now thinking that that would be. But <laughs> the platforms like Discord have been really really great for as as a home for these communities not outside of just the podcast. Everyone is there because of the podcast or because of the game, but they're coming to Discord. They're talking either in person or I guess over voice or just in texting and chats, coming together as a community and getting that next level of connection, interpersonal connection that you just, you can get in some somewhat in games if you're maybe playing on a team in a game, but it's, it's not the same, right? It's a, yeah. it's a sort of camaraderie, not necessarily outside of it being competitive and, 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 and uh, a level of competition. Right. Now, I know you're going to be appearing on my colleague, uh, Chantel Boucher's uh, show. That's my girl, Chantel. Yeah. You guys will be talking more about uh, business topics really specific mm-hmm. in there. But here, I want to focus on your journey because I sure. think it's always important to get people who are listening and who are involved in the industry or who may be watching and want to be a part of it. How did he do it or how did she do it? Mm-hmm. So let's jump back here a little bit and go back to uh, earlier life when you were a kid. And you were, said you were growing up playing the Super Nintendo, you had that control in your hand. What was it about that game and about gaming that kind of got yeah. you hooked early on? I think it was, it, it's one of those things where I'm sure a lot of people in a similar way, I feel like I don't remember when I started playing basketball either. Like I just, mm-hmm. one day I, I think back and, oh, I was playing basketball when I was little. I don't remember when that's, I don't remember the, you're too young to remember those things. And it's, I, I equate those things very similarly. The first time I dribbled a basketball or, I remember being very little and watching my dad play basketball in his work league or uh, something like that. And I also, in the same vein, remember my dad playing Nintendo Major League Baseball, like 92 or something like that on the Super <laughs> Nintendo. Yeah. And it really just, I, it, I, it, it's just something that you're into. I, I don't even, I'm trying to think of like a specific moment for it. It, it just always was a part of who I am and, and who I wanted to be. I just had fun playing games. I had fun doing sports. It, it's very, it was very similar to me. 
Yeah. Yeah. And there's also that other dynamic growing up with a sibling and you've got the sports that you're involved with, maybe basketball, baseball, whatever it may be. And you were talking about, you know, you know the competition with the other brother who was musically inclined. And you said, did you yeah. say he was pretty good percussionist? And, yeah, you know, he, he had his fantastic. identity and you were finding yours as well. Yeah, for sure. So I have, I have a younger brother who is is not Ninja, the famous uh, gamer who has who shares my last name and whose brother shares my actual full name. I, my Ninja's real brother is also named John Blevins. Uh, no which way. Is a fun, and, and 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 we I, his name is John Blevins, and he also is a, a portly bearded guy. And his Twitter handle is at Bearded Blevins. So people no. do. I I. I you can look it up. It's true. That's it's wild. a weird coincidence for sure. But yes, I my my brother and I just in the living in the same house, being similarly aged. He's two years younger than me. We're playing the same games. We're doing the same sports. We're going to the same sports camps and and whatnot when we're younger. And he, I'm very competitive just for for fun, really. I like I I just want to win for fun. I will try to beat anyone at anything just because I want to do it. Like mm -hmm. we would have these ridiculous like foot races for no reason, just like and, and playing tag. Like we would just look at each other. One would tag and say, you're it. And then just sprint down the street full speed for no reason. And I was a, a bit of an athlete growing up and he wasn't as much. And I think that wasn't his passion and he didn't mm -hmm. have that same sort of drive that I did. I could see it was probably a bit annoying for him, <laughs> like <laughs> me constantly wanting to, to do things like that. And uh, just for the sport of winning. And uh, I think he went his own way into, into music and he is an absolutely brilliant percussionist a drummer uh, he played trumpet uh, as well growing up and we've really diverged in those ways but it was certainly i think we were both motivated by each other in our in our own ways right it's so interesting to see how the dynamic works out between siblings and what they find and how they compete against each other either together or separately but it's still a competition it never stops <laughs> when you got into basketball you mentioned that you were like playing a lot in high school and then mm -hmm. at some point you realized that I'm not sure if this is going to be what I want to do and it was over what what was it that helped you decide that and then how did you decide okay I need to figure out what I'm going to do as I move on toward college at the University of Buffalo mm -hmm. yeah it wasn't a it wasn't as much a this is over thing like I didn't have a I didn't have an injury or anything I think I just I liked the competition and I liked the uh, I liked playing basketball it was very always fun but i i wasn't i don't know i i wasn't as passionate about it when i was when i was younger i think mm -hmm. it was like it was the thing that you did it was the thing that i did and i liked it more than just that but it was never the the mantra like the ball is life thing it was never that for me and i even weirdly enough i think after high school and college i think i've gotten more into basketball and I classic regret wish I would have done more with it so that's neither here nor there but I, I when I was about a junior in high school I just made the the conscientious decision like I'm not going to try to play in college I just didn't want to it was you grind and grind from like fourth or fifth grade up until high school pretty much or up until senior year pretty much doing non-stop tournaments on the weekend, summer league, fall league, all that. And it, it's a grind on a kid for sure. And I went to Batavia High School and the program there is very good and very competitive, or at least it was when I was when, when I was there. And it, it's nonstop. It's, it's training camps. It's all that. So 
it's a, it's a lot for a kid and I was done. I just, I didn't want to, I didn't want to push it past that. And I think I, I had a good run. Yeah. You kind of just know, you just kind of yeah. know, Oh, you went on to the university of Buffalo to study communication. And, and what was it that you gained there that you believe has helped you in your career, especially when it, with respect to sales. And I guess you could say marketing as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At, at the end of the day, sales and marketing is, is all about communication. You need to, yep. You need to know the message that you're trying to that you're trying to give and you need to know you need to more importantly know the message that needs to be given and the distinction between those two things right you need to know if you're selling something you need to know what what is the message of what you're selling but also the buyers what do they actually want and you need to align yeah. those two things and at a macro level interpersonal communication and sociology and all those things are just all pieces of that and being able to apply those macro concepts into the, the micro of selling this, that, or the other is is just in general helpful. And of course, I had specific marketing courses and whatnot where I learned specific stuff. But I, you never really, at least my experience, like I wish I would have had a Salesforce, like the tool class <laughs> in yeah. college, which that, for what it's worth, they probably have now, or maybe they even did back then. I just didn't I didn't take that course or think about it, but it's the type of thing where it's like, man, if I could have came in, if I could have came out of college knowing like the basics, basics of Salesforce, I would have been ahead of, frankly, a lot of people that I've worked with in the past yeah. that were already doing yeah. the job. Yeah, I believe you. I believe yeah. you. So I've got my cell phone in my right hand and I'm looking yeah. at this thing and I'm thinking about how much it has changed the ability of people to have what you just mentioned a minute ago, interpersonal communication, yep. which is huge in sales. And if you think Absolutely. about gaming and how a lot of it is happening either alone or you're playing with people online in tournaments, what have you, how does all of that affect interpersonal communication? So how have you found a way to mix these two where you know how to talk to people and communicate with mm-hmm. them? And it seems like it's a skill that some sort of could maybe being lost a little bit. It, it very well could it very well could be, and I'm sure University of Buffalo actually specifically very good research school for communication specifically. I'm sure that there are top experts looking into the long-term effects of that. But yeah. just in general, I'm being 30. I'm right on that cusp of I didn't grow up with social media. I grew up with technology and cell phones were just started. Like I I had a cell phone. That, that was even like before like a flip phone that was before just yeah it, it was before it was it was like it, it was it, it wasn't a flip phone it was just like a it, it all it could do is make calls and i think it had like snake on it like that you could play <laughs> when i was in like sixth or seventh grade and it was it was literally just to make emergency phone calls or, or to have my mom pick me up from practice right like it was not this supercomputer that everyone has nowadays. But so I, I grew up and had my formative years a bit without it. It was yeah. like at the tail end of high school into college where social media was really starting to get MySpace was big, was starting to get big. And then Facebook, obviously, and Twitter was just barely a thing back then. So yeah. I'm like right in that's probably the last sort of generation that grew up with not completely with an iPhone in their hand. Like I said, Super Nintendo in my hand. Kids are going to be saying I had an iPad in my hand yeah, nowadays, right? right? So I, it, it's hard for me to tell what it's like growing up with with social media and a, a cell phone because I would imagine it. you probably don't gain a lot of those those skills necessarily in the same ways that we did when we grew up. Yeah. It's hard. I see, or obviously before COVID, but in the the restaurant, these kids that have their, they're at the restaurant, their headphones are on and they're just 
heads in a, in a an iPad. It's like, I didn't have that opportunity. Maybe it was a Game Boy, but my parents wouldn't let me play. That. Yeah, there there was some limits limits on that thing. And, and there's definitely something you lose a bit of that if you're not. It's those little things. It's the talking to the the waiter. It's the gaining that sort of just the basic like manners and stuff that you right. take for granted or that I take for granted. Like kids might not be getting that, especially with COVID and especially with social media. And those things are off-putting. If yeah. someone is missing those social cues, like you get those when you're when you're younger for sure. So it certainly no could. Question. Yeah. yeah, there's no question. And and you think about all the social interactions with your buddies, your pals, or with the other person you're trying to get in touch with to maybe go to the dance or do this or whatever it is, you got to be able to go talk to them. And Mm -hmm. when you advance that to what you're doing with sales, you've got to be able to talk to people and discuss with them and read the facial, facial cues and what they're saying and close the deal. That's all face to face. Yep. I'm wondering when you began to play and, and really get involved with the industry, when did it become clear to you that you wanted to announce or you wanted to be a caster in the business and how did all that develop? Yeah, the abbreviated version is I used to travel the country and play the card game Magic the Gathering relatively competitively with a group of with big group of folks. We would be traveling six, eight hours to different venues and we'd have car rides. And in those mm-hmm. car rides, me and one of my other buddies would just be talking smack. We'd be talking about what's going on, cards and stuff. And people were like, you should just record this. Uh. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> Long story short, we started a podcast back then. This was probably 20. 11 or 12 years and years ago from there right around that time was when twitch was had already started but it was just starting to get a little bit more public i had started a a twitch stream where i'd play magic online and by today's standards i wasn't anything but back then if you got 100 viewers that was like the world and i was regularly pulling in 50 75 and a couple times i had like 3 400 viewers in which was huge and i was going to college i didn't know what to do with it. it the monetization and whatnot wasn't the same so i didn't really do anything with it but from that point from because of that stream and because of the podcast a local card store well kind of local actually in erie pennsylvania reached out to me and was like hey we're having this in person event do you want to do you want to cast it and I, Okay, sure. I, I talk on camera about cards all day. I know the game like the back of my hand. I'm, I I know that very well, so I'm not worried about that. Let me let's just talk about it. And and I had done radio in college as well a little bit, so like the public speaking and talking on a mic was was not was not phasing to me. So I, I did that back in 20, 2012, 2011, 2012, and I just it 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 stuck a little bit. That's cool. That's cool. So you were a DJ in college as well. That that must have been fun. I, John, I got to tell you, I remember my days back at the University of Cincinnati. There was a small radio station on campus and it was uh, WFIB, I think was the name of the station. And I was doing this little DJ thing. So we had yeah. these carts. We had carts for music. Sure. And I'd go down in the basement of that to that building of that hall and had a little studio and mm-hmm. you had a little playlist, put those carts in and play that music and you introduce it. And there were probably 30 carts. We didn't have much inventory, my man. Mm-hmm. And the signal was so weak that you couldn't get that darn station across the yard at the studio. Oh, no. It was like a 200 <laughs> yards away. So I, maybe the good thing is, is that there weren't many people who could hear all the mistakes I was making. Right. But, you know, hey, I was a DJ and it felt pretty cool to do that. And oh, hopefully yeah. your signal strength was much long, was much better than mine was. Yeah. So I this was actually at uh, the community college I went to, Genesee Community College, WGCC, the music FM. I still got it. There you it. go. So there you go. Keep it, keep it locked. They actually at the time had the highest power FM broadcaster of any state 
college in New York. What? Of any. Yeah. So like more than GCC more, or more than uh, UB, more than any of the any of the state uh, colleges, which is crazy. Yeah. Just oh. randomly little place in Batavia, New York. <laughs> and you were pumping it out. That's pretty yeah. cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's really neat to get those experiences, man. And I got I got to ask you. I remember the first time we met in preparation for this uh, call. I was like, you know, this guy's got a voice. W- when did you discover your voice? Literally, <laughs> that's a great question. I don't really know. I just always, when I was little, I would do like impressions of things, like movies and different characters and whatnot, and I just like doing that. And when you're a little kid, everything sounds the same and your your parents probably laugh because it was funny that you did something that made sense, but it wasn't like a good impression. Yeah. I, I do remember a specific time when, again, going back to the me wanting to win for the sake of winning, there's a kid that was a, a year older than me on the basketball team that would do a, it was the, the Harry, it was the Will Ferrell doing an impression of Harry Carey from SNL. <laughs> okay. uh, I don't know if you've seen that one. That's like, like a classic Will Ferrell. Oh, and everyone Harry was... Car- yeah. <laughs> hey. Yeah. And, and he did that and everyone on the team and the parents were laughing and I'm like I can do it better than that. So I literally just upstaged him instantly. And people were like crying. Yeah, it was a, kind of a a, a D-bag move on my point, but but if you're looking for it, <laughs> it was at that point where I'm like, "Oh, hey, I kind of can do this." And impressions and stuff like that kind of stuck with me and then from there like the the radio announcer voice just comes in. Kind of so, came in, man. Yeah. You got it. You got it. That's awesome. Yep. We're visiting with the creator and co-host of High Noon Podcast, just celebrating their fifth anniversary. Also the sales manager at Wisdom Gaming, John Belevins. This has been a fun conversation. And John, we got to talk a little bit about wisdom. So yep. um, everybody's trying to manage COVID and deal with not being able to have events as they normally would. So mm-hmm. what has been the philosophy for you guys at Wisdom and and how you're managing and, and how does it affect you as a as the sales manager there as you guys try to figure out what you're going to be able to put on and, and win. Yeah, I think it's it's actually ironically been, I don't want to say easier, but it's been a, people have been more open to what we're doing in terms of gaming and esports events. We're talking to a lot more non-endemic or folks that aren't necessarily in the gaming and esports space that are like, we have this ad spend that we would normally be spending on like traditional sports or something else that has to do with being in person or we're spending on going to this conference. Well, that conference isn't happening because of COVID this year. We have this budget. We want to get into 18 to 24 demographic. Esports is a buzzword now. How do we get into it? We're right. getting a lot of that inbound that we wouldn't necessarily be getting at the same volume, I think, Yeah, if it weren't for COVID. And in terms of our events, it really lines up nicely. We are putting on top best in class esports productions online. And that's obviously not really affected by COVID. Everyone is doing online, but it's really exposing a lot of folks that aren't the level that we're able to put on productions is it it, not exposing folks, but showing like what the bar can be. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be just a person in their basement doing this. We're putting on a full on production that looks amazing and has all of the same bells and whistles that a a traditional production would be. It's just that no one is in the same room, right? We're all production is geolocated uh, across the country and the players are obviously wherever they are. So yeah, yeah, it's been, it's the same sort of stuff that COVID has affected everyone. We're all still working from home, but in terms of the sales and inbound, it's actually been, I think a little bit better kind of. Mm. 
How do you think the model changes or adjusts or shifts, or does it stay the same as it was before as we begin to come back into a COVID safe environment, the online activity that you guys have seen and really banked on versus now the live events that'll slowly make their way back? How will that slowly shift or what what happens? Because I I, I was talking to somebody in, in the who is involved with the television business and the 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 model and the way that we can broadcast events with all these uh, people and facilities being set up, the infrastructure at lo- mm-hmm. on location has been pulled back dramatically. And that may be the new model for doing it. What about in the esports industry? I think it, 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 you, you absolutely hit the nail on the head. It potentially won't go back, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. If you can get this high quality production and have it be online and it costs you I'm just throwing out a number, $10,000. Or if you want to do it in person, it would cost you $50,000. What are you actually getting from that in-person event? Maybe you're getting concessions. Maybe you're getting some, maybe you're actually getting something and increasing the ROI because of it being in person. But it's it's tough to do that, especially when you have to front load that investment. And especially when you're going to have to be front loading that investment, there's going to be a period where maybe it is air quotes safe to go back, but I'm not looking to go back to the first event that happens, right? I, yeah. I want to. But I'm going to be wearing five or six masks. Maybe I'll have spray everywhere. It only take it's it's okay until it's not right. And maybe right. I'm just leaning on the safe side. But people are going to be cautiously optimistic, I think, going into it. So it's going to be a transition back to fully being safe and fully going back mm-hmm. to where it was in terms of in person or not. But I don't know. If we're going to go back to having these big studio productions where we're flying in teams into a studio it's like why even have them there for e- yeah. for esports it doesn't matter you can be anywhere and if you can get the same level of production like the 5 to 10x cost is just not it's not worth it yeah, I think that is going to be a super big challenge for those who are in the industry of live events. But but I, I guess I could, we could wrap it up by, like this: gaming has been has such had such has has had such an important platform or position at home online, people connecting that way. But there is something special about a live gaming event, <clears throat> and I got to tell you, being new to the industry, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to go into a big arena or even a small mm-hmm. place and see something happen live. Isn't that now still a staple of how this industry will continue to grow and expand and attract people? It, it absolutely will. And I think your marquee events, the Overwatch League Grand Finals, the Fortnite World Cup, all those things, those big, huge marquee events, the Super Bowl level events, the the World yeah. Series, the NBA Finals, those are going to benefit from being in person. There are these marquee monumental events that are going to be one-offs for the year and you you build them up and and yeah and and they're everything they've got all the bells and whistles they've got all the fixins they've got everything you want it to be the best thing ever that's fine and i think that those will absolutely come back in a similar way that we've seen them in the past but for weekly events for smaller scale productions like you don't necess- you just don't need to have people in there you don't need to put on a super bowl level event yeah. for your weekly tournament. It just doesn't need to happen. And I think that that is going to start, that part will shift back or will shift more towards online. And then we might even go more all out for in-person events for yeah. these big marquee events. I'm open for it. I, I, I really missed not being at the Overwatch League Grand Finals this year because it was not open to the public. And it was it was, you miss it, right? 
you, yeah. you, you want to you wanna be able to see the people that you see only a couple times a year. You want to be able to go to all those events, go to the after parties, talk to the meet people, right? <laughs> like we were yeah. talking about before, you actually get to meet people that you wouldn't necessarily meet online right. at these events. So I, I don't, I, I don't want to... I don't want to come off as saying that the live event is dead because I absolutely don't believe that. I think that the paradigm for some events is shifting, is going to permanently shift to online and uh, we'll still definitely have our marquee in person. Hey, hey, you got to do one more thing here. Send out some words of inspiration to somebody who wants to be a caster in this business or yeah. a host of podcast. Sometimes you just don't know how to get started or you don't know if you can do it or not. There are all those question marks yeah. and doubts. What do you say to somebody who's interested in doing what you do, even at the grassroots starting level? Yeah, it, it's going to sound cliche. It's I guess right. cliches are cliche for a reason. Just start doing it, right? <laughs> like I didn't, I did not have things I didn't have when I started my podcast, a studio mic, a uh, gaming PC, a sponsor, a an audience, a I don't even know if I had a Twitter account. I, I didn't have I had nothing. I had a five dollar mic that I found at or that I, I bought at like Target or Walmart that sounded awful. We didn't post on iTunes because we didn't know how to do it. I think we I don't even know. I look thinking back to my first podcast, I don't even remember where they were listenable. I I'm surprised anyone even had the possibility to listen, let alone find it. Just start creating if you want to get into an industry like this, because it's not the... Yes, having the studio mic and all those things I listed is going to amplify what you have, but they're multipliers. But if you have zero, anything times zero is still zero. So... You need to have that built up first. John, uh, I couldn't have said it better myself, man, no matter what you have. And if you have nothing, starting with zero is a start. So mm -hmm. just get it started and cut a piece of tape and listen to yourself, which may be the hardest thing to do and keep going. That is great advice yep. from you. Listen, man, I want to just thank you for the time and the wisdom and great to hear your story and experience. We're going to be following you as uh, everything gets back online uh, with Wisdom Gaming, of course. And once again, congrats on the fifth year anniversary of your show creator and co-host of High Noon Podcast. So we wish you continued success on that and uh, hope to catch up with you again soon. All right. Yeah. Thank you, Lewis. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. We've got lots of things happening across the MAP Esports uh, network. We want to make sure that you get in touch with all of that. So for the moment, I want to thank you all for being with me again. A big shout out real quick to Aaron Sia and AJ of Innovation Media Enterprises. They are our podcast partners who help make these shows possible. They do a great job. So appreciate that, especially AJ on the wheels of seal back there. All right, guys, enjoy the conversation with John Blevins. More stuff coming your way on All In With Esports. And I'll catch you next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to All In With Esports. Please remember to subscribe to your favorite podcast channel. And we would love to hear from you about this or other shows on the Esports Future Eye Network. 